Before I begin this episode, I want to say thank you for listening, making sure you subscribe, all those things. Uh, The last several weeks have been crazy, obviously, with the election. I bought a house. Work's been busy, and there's a whole list of other reasons why. I haven't been doing a podcast on the regular, but I'm going to try to get back to that. So enjoy today's episode. Arturo's back. We'll talk some NBA and have some fun. Welcome to episode 18 of the David Binkowski podcast. Joining me today and back once again is Sports Grid CTO Arturo Gaetti. Arturo, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, nice to be back, David. Um, Thank you for having me. We're uh, back because the NBA is almost back. Well, I think, and... I think, I think that, does, that deserves a bit of an explanation. I think yeah. that what people need to understand about the NBA is so the NBA, everybody gets paid on the NBA based on the CBA. So everybody gets paid on a share of what the earnings are, the real earnings are for the league, right? Uh, there's some murkiness around, like, so the owners get the capital spent, so the franchise is increasing capital value, they get that money. But generally, money that's coming in is getting split uh, so close, Let's for, for, for sanity's sake, let's call it 50-50 between the owners and the players. And really all that changes for the players is that based on the contracts that the players have, the share kind of changes, right? So, so basically the, the amount of your contract is as important as the top line figure for the players. And then what percentage do you represent of that top line figure, right? So like LeBron James really doesn't make, you know, 40 million a year. He makes H like the 40 million share of the total CDA that's paid out. So he, he basically, he has like a share of the dividend that's paid out to the player is the way it kind of works. Um, and the reason this is important is because Daryl Morey said some shit about, uh, about Hong Kong, right? And, and pardon my French, but the reason that's important is because that's taught a kind of a domino effect for the, for the league where, like, they had a lot lower earnings this year than they were expecting because, you know, they had the China issue, then we obviously had the pandemic, then we obviously had the game. So a lot of the things that have happened for the NBA are, in the, are because basically everybody kind of goes, ah, we're kind of screwed because we have these contacts we have to pay out. We have these expectations. Um, if somebody, if nobody, if people haven't watched, there's a great documentary called Broke. Uh, it's a 30 for 30 about like how players go broke, right? Yep. And uh, it's, you know, people have payrolls, right? So like, you know, I got to pay, I got to pay my wife. I got to pay the girlfriend. I got to pay the girlfriend, the second girlfriend. I got to play her like <laughs> girlfriend's dad. Like I got my kids. I got my other kids. I got baby's kids, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and people, that's kind of the way, I mean, like, you know, these people kind of like, you know, they'll have either that or like, go find the, the, the MC hammer, MC hammer behind the music. By the way, MC hammer is the greatest follow on Twitter. You should follow MC hammer on Twitter. He's great. He, he talks about AI and like reductive learning and like systems. He's really smart. It's really kind of stunning. Um, by the way, I have to, I have to interrupt for one second and drop in. That was a fantastic Robin Harris, uh, reference there. For baby's kids. Baby's kids, yes. <laughs> the, kids, the kids and baby's kids. But, like, the, the point is, watch the Hammer thing, and, and Hammer kind of lays out um, kind of how he went broke. And the same thing. It's like, he, was, he, he, you know, his thing was, and there's a lot of, like, Hammer's a really interesting figure uh, in that, like, he was, like, paying a lot of people. But also Hammer is, is with, uh, he, uh, I forget if it's the Crips or the Bloods. Hammer is very connected with the gangs, too. 
right? Mm-hmm. So he was very much kind of, he was paying everybody, right? So like he was giving money to everybody. But even though Hammer kind of, Hammer technically went broke, but it's one of those things where he went broke, but he really didn't work, he go broke. But anyway, the point is like a lot of these players like have expenditures. And the other thing that happens is not, it's not just the players, but there's a couple of owners, <clears throat> the Houston owner, um, I don't know what happened there, sorry, um, who are kind of <laughs> like strapped for cash. Uh, yep. In that case, Tillman Fertitta is the owner of the Rockets, big Trump supporter. Um, he's also kind of a big kind of, he's a little bit scummy. Uh, his, the, the money, like the reason he made his money is a little bit like he's a little bit of a mafia family out there in, in Houston. You can kind of, again, fascinating reading if you want to look it up. But the point is he runs like um, a lot of restaurants, right? A lot of cheap restaurants, a lot of like like volume buffet stuff. So he's kind of up the creek without a paddle, right? He, yep. doesn't have, he doesn't have a lot of cash. He's very strapped. So, you know, both the players union and the owners really want to have the games because they need, they need the money. They need the cash. They need the cash to come in. They're already, there's a whole thing, if you want to look it up, about how they're going to have to give some money back. The players and the owners put some money in escrow. Uh, for this kind of situation, but they're going to have to spend a bunch of it now. There's some tax breaks. The whole point is everybody's strapped for cash and they need to play, right? So they, yep. need, to, they need to have these games. So everybody thought initially, oh, they're, gonna, they're not going to have the season in, in January. And I was like, no, no, they're, they're going to have the season. There's no way they're missing out the payday for Christmas and they're going to have the season as quickly as possible. The other thing that happens is there is a minimum, um, there are the contract that they have with like say ABC or ESPN, establishes a minimum number of games for uh, full payout, right? Yep. So the, the league has to deliver a certain inventory of games of the, or they won't get the cash payout from the TV contract. Um, and actually, if they deliver less, there's penalties and whatnot. So this is why we had the bubble last season. And this is why we were having the whole thing, like, you know, now where, like, really they want to get over 70 games. I, I forget the exact number, I think 72 games. But they want to get those games because those games let them deliver on the inventory that they owe to the um, league's TV partner. So this is why we're having a season. And actually, if you look at, like, a lot of sports, this is why you have college football happening. Like, the whole, the whole dance is, like, well, if I, if I owe – so if, if I'm banking on a certain amount of money coming in, I'm cash-strapped, and, and I need to deliver a certain amount of product, then I'm going to do whatever I can to deliver that product. Particularly yeah. because if I don't deliver it, then basically all the players – and all the owners have to eat the uh, like they have to go out and like you know they, they don't they don't they don't have the liquid assets to cover you know. Well, and there's a percentage of all their salaries that's not paid out because it goes into a reserve as well. Yes, so this is what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, yep, the escrow. So and we then, have the draft. Yeah, and the draft is coming up on the 18th, and then crazy free agency starts two days later on the 20th, which is wild. Well, technically, free agency has started already, and what yeah. I mean by that is basically the argument is. Keep in mind, they were in a bubble. So a lot of the stuff, they're not supposed to talk about it, but yeah, good luck with that. So basically, right. a lot of the teams and a lot of the players have already had conversations, and a lot of things were kind of known. So, you know, I, and I was joking about this, but, like, we kind of knew that Westbrook was gone. We, we suspected that Westbrook was gone. We suspected that Maury was done. Like, basically, everybody suspected that Maury was done. It was surprising how quickly he kind of exited out to Philly. Um, and the Houston owner, as I said, is kind of, he doesn't have any money. So in yep. essence, what he's trying to do is he needs to get out of like the Westbrook contract and kind of sort of the Harden contract are not great if you're kind of broke, right? right? So this is kind of a little bit of a Maloof if people who are long-term fans of the league. Remember the Maloof brothers in Sacramento? Yep. Kings, yeah. 
you know, there were the casino guys and they kind of went broke. And so kind of there's a whole thing where like they have to cash out the team. So really there's an expectation that, you know, Westbrook obviously is going to get moved. Um, there's a thought that Harden might get moved as well. Uh, Harden is a little trickier. I mean, I think Harden, one, likes it there. And two, I think they're, they have an expectation they're going to get more for him. But there's a real expectation that he's going to get moved. There's a couple other guys. Oladipo has basically been saying that he wants to wants to leave uh, Indiana. We saw the news. Oladipo was telling other players that he wants to play with their team in front of his teammates. Well, like, but here's, <laughs> here's the thing. He used to live. He used to live in Orlando. Now he's living in Indianapolis. This is the thing I always tell. Like you know, you're 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 a young black you're a young black man living in Indianapolis. Would you rather live in Indianapolis or Toronto or New York? Yeah. He's telling the Knicks that he wants to leave. He's telling the the Raptors that he wants to leave, right? So, I mean, I, it's understandable. I mean, like, would you live in, like, if you were a young, successful millionaire uh, black athlete, would you want to live in Indianapolis? No. I was there, I was in uh, Indianapolis uh, for a bachelor party of all things, and I, I don't know why that city got picked, quite frankly. <laughs> it is not, yeah. is not where I would have held mine, but uh, it was so... Um, the town itself, it's not like terrible or anything, but there's no like flavor to it. It's like as bland well, as like, it's just boring. There's just not also, much going on there. You're also sacrificing. I mean, it's, you're not living out like, this is why it's like the way to understand NBA free agency is people are always going to want to go to, it's going to be the big markets, right? Yep. They want they, they either going to be on the big market on the beach playing with your homies or, uh, playing with like playing with your buddies, so this is why always you should always consider Miami <laughs> to be like Miami should always be considered like a prime destination because it's on the beach, it's a smart organization, uh, players like it. It's on the beach, like income taxes, income taxes. Yeah, like, yeah. like the income tax Yeah, that that does complicate it. Uh, Texas is like that in terms of these taxes. They don't have the beaches, so you, you're choosing in San Antonio or Houston or. or, or that like LA actually does have like a lot of this is why LA also kind of is a problem. Well, LA has been kind of dumb about it. They they have been a little more successful recently, but that 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 a lot of that was uh, LeBron figuring out a nice way to how do I say this politely um, 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 hmm. create bonuses, right? There you go. So create bonuses through like like actually like the Clippers too. Both the provide he provides extra value. <laughs> well, you know the the the, the grip the grip for the but I mean like anybody who's a who's a soccer fan global soccer fan knows that like teams are really good at like funneling money to like the players' families, right? Yep. This is well known. So the way it happens in the NBA, or the the way I hear it happens because I can't confirm it on the record is that to be clear is that you know it, for example like maybe you buy a house in Los Angeles, Kawhi, <clears throat> Kawhi, sorry. Um, that should cost you $5 million that somebody sells it to you for 200,000, right? Or yep. I don't know, for like a million dollars. So somebody gives you like a five figure discount on a house. Or if you are affiliated in, with another franchise uh, that plays in Los Angeles, maybe you get a part in a movie uh, that's being run through a shell company that's funneling all this like nice funding to you, right? Yep. Which doesn't apply under the CDA, right? So you're getting like a nice little extra pay- paycheck. Uh, on top of that, so you know there, there there are mechanisms for you to kind of profit, but we're getting off top. Let's let's get back to like free agency and like kind of the draft. So yeah, let's well let's talk. I, what I specifically wanted, you know, we'll see how this changes as this comes out. You mentioned the Rockets. You know, Russ is saying he wants to be the leader of a team like he had in OKC. 
and he wants out and the rockets don't have shit for picks or anything to get anybody in their cap space is gone. And I mean, that's, that's a nightmare situation. So the problem is this, right? So I've always said that Russell Westbrook is the millionaire's Allen Iverson. And what I mean by that is he does everything that he is a, he is everything that Allen Iverson was, but better, right? Except he's not as good as he's bigger. He's faster. He's a better athlete. He's not as good as a defender. So the trick with both of them is that their entire game relies on them being an elite athlete or a better athletic player than the other players. The moment that that, that starts to go away, like basically he starts to become unplayable, right? So, right. so it, it, the crash is very fast. And actually the difference between these two guys is that, as I said, Iverson was a better defender. So Iverson was actually playable for longer before he crashed. But if you remember, like the crash for Iverson was very fast. Like he went to like... It was Philly, then Denver, and then we had the couple stops like Philly back and Memphis, which is a disaster because he just didn't have it, right? So, like, he, he, he crashed. I, like, he, he just basically stopped playing. Um, okay. For Westbrook, it's interesting. I don't, he, again, I don't know. Some of what we saw was he had the he had coronavirus, right? So, he, right. he just wasn't himself there. But he's just not that guy. And really, like, the, it, the problem where, like, where, where, the, where the Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul trade was a problem is that if Chris Paul can walk, Chris Paul can play in the NBA. Yeah. Because he has the, he is the ultimate old, he's always had old man game. Like Paul has always been about kind of decision-making, playing smart, making the right call, running the right plays. He's a very kind of cerebral kind of player and very detail-oriented, very kind of like, so he, you know, he's like, if Chris Paul can walk when he's 45 and he wants to play 15 minutes in the NBA, he can play 15 minutes in the NBA. Because he, it seems like, it was the same thing as John Stockton. Right, it's yep. it's not. It, he's always going to be that. Whereas, whereas Westbrook, once his kind of speed and his edge starts to go, well, you know, this is what happens in the playoffs. Well, I just do whatever the hell you want. You're basically not. You if you don't have that elite skill to to get those plays and get those calls, then yeah, you're not kind of worth that contract. Um, I jokingly started making some trades with uh, Westbrook, but there's, again, there's a I lot saw of, this. That's what I want to talk to you about. Actually, oh. I want to see. I so there are rumors out there. There are only so there are only so many teams that can take that contract uh, with their actually, current cap space, right? The, the, with, there's actually like some the usual suspects. So like so, Charlotte came up, and Charlotte kind of makes sense because it would be Terry Rozier and, and Nick Batum, and those are two like it makes sense because like really it's like kind of an expiring contract. So the, basically, the Rockets be taking up Batum for two for for next year. Sorry, no, they would be taking on Rozier for next year, but he's much okay. cheaper. So Batum would be like $25 million off the cap. So basically you're, you're kind of clearing like $30 million off the cap for the next three years, which would be great for, um, for, uh, for Houston, right? Because the Westbrook contract goes, like I think he has, uh, God, I forget, it's, I believe it's three years remaining and the last year is $47 million. And I could be wrong. It's like a terrific he's, contract. Yeah, he's 31 right now. And in 21... And 22, he makes 44 million, and in 22, 23, he's due 47 million. Yeah, he's got and three the, years and 47, and that just kind of like makes it just insane. That's a, and so Charlotte is a partner. If you don't get anybody else kind of involved in that trade, that's a good one. They can just literally just do a straight trade. They're getting a point guard back. They're getting a decent second decent player. They like Batum. They've had him before. I, I would have Batum. Batum's the kind of guy that once he's out of this contract, he's going to be on good teams. It's kind of like a Danny Greenwell. He's, he's good. Yeah. He can like, do defensive things and kind of show up and do things. Um, the other teams kind of that come to mind, I mean, there's, I mean, San Antonio, 
uh, would be interesting. I don't think that happens. But San Antonio is another team that has – they have the salaries. They have uh, DeMar. They're coming up with these conversations because DeMar and, uh, and uh, LaMarcus are, are both expiring. So basically you can take both of those and kind of make – you can make all sorts of like 50 million or 30 million trades for that. The Knicks are basically built for the trade machine. The Knicks have you, – you give me any number – and I can come up with – I can basically match those salaries with expiring the contracts. Like seriously, there, there's, there is absolutely no salary number you can give me that I cannot make an expiring contract deal for the Knicks. Right? Okay. So the Knicks – basically, the Knicks – he wants to play for the Knicks. The Knicks could basically – off the top of my head, they could do uh, Julius Randle and uh, Taj and uh, – I forget. I think uh, Bobby Portis. I believe those three get it done. Uh, or they can, instead of doing that, they could put like Bar- Barrett in there, which I don't think they want to do. Or they could put like Dennis Smith Jr. in there, or they could put like Elf. They they literally just have all these like eight million, ten million expiring deals. So they can literally just they can I, I put this in. They can take Harden. They can take Harden and Westbrook, uh, and then basically just send out expiring salaries and like say two number ones, and they can still keep Mitch Rob, and they could probably keep Barrett too, right? Yeah. So they can do that, like. Uh, again, so basically the, the Knicks, I was, I, was in, I was in this crazy draft with a bunch of like uh, NBA insiders, and I took the Knicks as the GM. And what I ended up doing was I ended up like going out and getting, I got Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and like uh, LaMelo is what I ended up doing. That's, that was my <laughs> Knicks play. Because I was like, you know, I, I've got all this cap room. I don't, I'm the yeah. Knicks, so I don't, I don't actually care. Like the Knicks are literally, there is no more effective organization for generating money. Like they're like the most, the team sucks, but they're like, in essence, probably the most valuable franchise in the world because it just, it's, it's just a license to print money. Well, they, there was they, uh, before the, uh, the pandemic and the shutdowns, I used to always tease all my friends and, and people that I know that were Knicks fans because I said, you guys are, you know, it's perfect. It's absolutely fitting that there's a Sabaro, like the pizza capital of the U.S., there's a Sabaro in Times Square that's still somehow fucking open. And that's well, the that's, Hey, man, don't, 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 don't give crap that I've eaten at that Sabaro in, 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 in Times Square. And that Sabaro in Times Square is actually good, man. Oh, stop. No, seriously, it's not like if you go there, it's like you think it's like it's not a normal Sabaro. It's like it's like a more it's one of those like it's things, the flagship like, Sabaro. Well, no, it's like the, it's like, yeah, it's not really it's not really the it's like one of those fancy like there's a flagship McDonald's, too, where you go there. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a bit of stories. I've been to that it's one. Like, I mean, just for fun, you go there. It's fine. It's like uh, one of the. Uh, it's more like just a normal pizza joint. In uh, I mean, you can get some of the traditional Italian joints, but that Savaro is not bad. Like on Broadway, like I've I've been there. It's, it's I, it, I know the joke from the office. I was so like, yeah, you go to that. I've been there. It's like, yeah, it's fine. It's perfectly fine. It's not like it's not like um, uh, I know the joke, but it's 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 it, comparing it to the Knicks is not fair to that Savaro, man. That's a, that's an unfair comparison. But the point is, the point is that the Knicks can basically just eat basically any contract that's out there. And again, there's you know there's the problem for Westbrook is Westbrook's out there, CP3's out there. Although CP3 sounds like it's going to be Phoenix, there's yep, some that's what I'm hearing. There's so strong noise there is that, that that's kind of already done. Um, yeah. And and the OKC really kind of like so that that apparently that was already kind of like in the in the work. They they fired the coach. They went for a really young coach they had on the staff, which is really good. I think he's like thirty five. I forget his name, but he's about, he, everybody loves him. He's like their development guy. He's great. Um, and like even CB three loves him. And like but they're like CB three kind of like they were already kind of set to trade him to the Suns. I believe the Suns trade is built around uh, God. I forget his name. The guy used to play. He used to play for. Um, 
God, he used to play for the, the Wizards. I forget his name, but it's like... Oh, the, the coach in, in Phoenix is Monty Williams. No, no, but I'm talking about the, 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 the guard, the, the, the pieces for that trade. It's the, 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 yeah, the, yeah. Their secondary guard. They're training a bunch of pieces. They're taking a couple pieces to them. So, like, in essence, they're training pieces of picks. So, it's actually like that. I believe it's Rubio and... I forget. It's Rubio and their secondary guard. So, they would have CP3 and Booker... And they would keep uh, the nucleus of the team. They keep Bain. So it would make Phoenix kind of really interesting. I think the other place for CP3 is the Clippers. Uh, whereas, like, uh, suppose like Kawhi is recruiting him for the Clippers. That one's a little bit trickier in terms of, like, how you work out the training. And how right. you kind of talk. Okay, OKC is basically, they can kind of write their price. CP3 kind of makes sense for a lot of teams. Like, even the Celtics. He makes sense for the Celtics. If yep. you're trading him for like, there, there's a couple of trades where like if you're trading him because he, the, the kind of thing that he does is I need somebody who's going to be smart in the last 10 minutes of the game. And as much yep. crap as CB3, oh, you play up. CB3 is like, nobody's better than CB3 at like getting the, the ball in the bucket in crunch time. Right. Yep. His problem has always been like, if you play him too many minutes or you rely on him too much, like obviously he's broken down and he's got hurt. He's had some bad luck with, you know, him getting hurt or somebody else on the team getting hurt. But, like, if you, you know, if the Celtics have him instead of Kemba, and I love Kemba, they make the finals, right? And they probably win the finals. And Laker fans are going to hate me for that. But it's true. I basically, like, the Lakers weren't that dominant. So if I, like, tweak the other teams slightly, I can probably get over them. And, yeah, like, the kind of flaw that the Lakers and the Celtics had were, like, the Celtics couldn't grift and sell the referees, and CP3 would be perfect for that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the other- Lakers. Which you mentioned the Lakers, and I'd be remiss if I didn't admit something and own up to something, which was uh, I had said that if the Lakers win the championship, I would eat a tweet. Uh-huh. Right? So I have in front of me, and I'm recording this video now, I have in front of me a tweet. It's about it's a little bigger than a fortune cookie because I'm not a dumbass who's gonna eat an entire sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm about to eat this. So for all you on Twitter who oh God. For, some, for some reason had the, like no time on your hands and were like searching for people who were saying they were going to eat their tweet. Uh, so for all of you, uh, Arturo is going to continue to talk and I'm going to eat a tweet. So oh hey, God. this is for you. So actually like to make a point, let's, let's talk a little bit about the Lakers. Um, so I, I think the Lakers, uh, people were like giving me crap out. And I said, look, I, I explained about the Lakers when I had them under, that was before kind of they got Dwight. And once they got Dwight and they made him play better that I was on them. And in the finals, really kind of the key for them. And like people were getting mad about me, like, you know, the, the heat weren't a hundred percent. So hey, that series still went kind of long, but I think it's a much closer series. I still think the Lakers win that series, but they weren't a dominant team. I mean, they won, but this isn't one of these teams where I'm like, Oh, this is an all time great team. It's a good team. Right, yep. but no, there was no, there was no all-time great team this season, right? No, um, well, it's I mean, we have two of the top five players in the league on your team. You should win, right? I mean, you should win. Yeah, and 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 they needed. I mean, they needed some. They they needed some. They got some luck, and they got they got some help. They were the healthiest of all the teams, uh, and that kind of helps. And you know, they they their team like a bunch of their guys like were playing their best ball at the right. Rondo was playing their best ball at the time. Howard was playing their best ball. So they, you know, they, that that actually kind of important. Kudos to them to actually pulling it off. I think that um, mentioning the Lakers, the rumor out for LA is they're looking. They were trying to trade for Demar Derozan. Is the rumor? Yeah, that's what I saw. Uh, it's a weird like Demar is a player who actually like doesn't like is much like looks much better than he actually is. 
Um, but weirdly enough, like his flaw is that like in the playoffs, if he's your primary scorer and ball handler, you can just bump him to hell and he sucks. Right. So he's like, so, but on the Lakers, you put him on a team like the Lakers where like, if you try to just do the, if you try to do the typical thing where you double him up and and do physical on, on DeMar, LeBron and, 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 and AD are just going to destroy you. The, the trick is, if I were the Lakers, I'd be trying to get not DeMar, but get somebody who can actually shoot threes. Because the, the key, I mean, if you could get like Drew Holiday, although I don't, I mean, although it doesn't sound, I don't think the Lakers, I don't think the, the New Orleans is inclined to help the Lakers. So I would say that like for them, Westbrook has been said, but I don't know how you pull that one off unless like, you know, unless Houston's willing to do them a favor. Um, which I don't think Tillman Fertitta doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to do a favor for LeBron. He's like best friends with Donald Trump. He's not going to do LeBron a favor. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I, it's not a terrible option. I do yeah. think that if I, I like, if I'm the Lakers, or like somebody was asking me what I would draft, like you're looking, you're trying to get like uh, a guy who can actually shoot is what you're trying. You, you need you need a guard who can shoot, like. I have the guys I like. I mean, I have the guys I like, and I, there's one actually. There's there's a second rounder. I hope the Lakers don't draft. Like, like anybody who's like following kind of knows who that is. Um, you might like. Well, so I, you you mentioned something that uh, before we talk draft a little more a little more. Uh, you mentioned something about you said Dwight had a good series. You mentioned CP3 and how what a floor general he is and basketball IQ through the roof and and all those things. And we're talking about Russ. And I hate to say it, but this sounds like a Harden problem. And I don't want to go back to revisit everything about um, Houston and their problems. But, like, it's not like he hasn't had. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. How close did the Rockets come to winning a title? Very close. Like, literally as close as anybody's come without actually winning a title. Yeah. So, before I'm like, people are like, oh, it's a hard. Like, look, man, like, they, so... In a in critical series, right? The problem for like Harden has been like in critical series, his co-pilot has gotten hurt. So they lose these games because you know it comes down to crunch. Oh, he missed all these shots. Look, if you watch that game seven against the Warriors, he the, nobody on the team had any fucking legs. Because once yeah. CP three got hurt, they're playing like six they're playing six deep and everyone's playing like forty minutes a night. And literally, like, you know, you know this, you watch the game. How are they missing? They're all missing short, right? Yep. Why? Because Instead they have legs. no legs. So it's hard for me to say, oh, it's hard. Like, look, man, like Harden came as close as anybody to beating a Warriors team with Kevin Durant. Right. And you have to couch that into into that language. So what I, for example, like one of the if if Harden's move, one of the rumor destinations is the Celtics. Right. So the Celtics are in. They would probably be the right partner. Because they could probably put like you know they could put something like Kemba and a, and, a, and a bunch of picks and buy another young guy on for Houston, which is kind of what I think Houston Houston would like somebody who's like who's less expensive, who's not expiring, and a combination of a bunch of picks. So the Celtics are a I mean I don't know I think Harden getting because of the short off season Harden getting moved is less likely than he would be if it was a long off season. But if he did, he would get moved. And as a Celtics fan, would I be unhappy to have Harden? No, because the things he does, right, which is I need somebody to go out and get me a bucket in crunch time, right? I need somebody to go out, like, because my coach is a wuss, I need somebody to actually, like, grip the referees, right? So CP3, hard. And guys who, like, you know, can go out and, like, kind of, like, work their way, you know, 
shoot their way, work their way, grift their way to a bucket. That's fine. That's what I need. And the things he doesn't do, right, I have players on my team that do. I have defensive players. I have Marcus Smart. I have, like, you know, I have guys who can go out, like, get a stop. That, that I have like, with Jalen Brown. That kind of so for what he is, right, like, I can't fault this for not working because really this was the owner being cheap. This season was the owner being cheap and making more and make a trade that he didn't want to make. And it was a really bad trade. Like, I mean, it, and he traded CP3. And I know what, they traded CP3 away because he couldn't stay healthy, right? So the owner was desperate. And he traded him for Westbrook, and Westbrook got hurt and then got COVID. So Houston wasn't what they could have been. And then, like, you know, once Daryl did his Hong Kong tweet, he was basically gone, right? Yeah. So there's no way, I mean, there's no way for him to kind of, I mean, he stayed, but he, he was gone. And he, I think he's going to be much happier in Philly kind of with, in essence, Philly is a, organization that was built by his guys right so it's it's now he's kind of coming in and it's going to be great he's actually got a better spot he needs to make some trades with that team because that team makes no sense right now but he does have the pieces he's in a much better position now and he's got a much friendlier like the guys who own the sixers are just like venture capitalists that like yeah. have money. i was gonna say it's not dealing with a broke a broke owner so he can actually spend money yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, and they're 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 open to doing interesting things. So like, I mean, I still it, I still think I think that uh, that Harden is a, is a fantastic player. I think he's underrated defensively, and I think that the 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 interesting thing with Houston and bringing in Silas, who is the oh, he was an assistant uh, with the Mavericks, and they had the most efficient offensive offense in the league. If he can do that and not have Harden dribble for 20 seconds before kicking it off to somebody to say, here, bail me out. If he can get, if, if that, if he stays in Houston, but if, if Silas can finesse that and get James thinking differently about how long he holds the ball, all those things, then we'll see what happens. But the roster still is, the cupboard's bare. I mean, it's not like they still need, it's funny. I saw someone on Twitter is like they could really use an athletic rim runner, and we're like, like Capella, you dumbass! Like they tried that, yeah. it didn't work. Um, <laughs> here's the here's, and again, I'll say this: like if you go look at the splits when Capella, CP3, and Harden were playing together, they're insane. They're yeah. utterly insane. And again, here's the thing: they should have like if those if there if there are no hurt, if nobody gets hurt in that series. They hang a band like CP3, Harden, and Capella hang a band. Right uh-huh. against like probably one of the like probably one of the top five teams of all like really if you look at that Warriors team like like if you do a tournament who's beating that Warriors team an all time like who is beating that Warriors team like with KD and like Curry and Clay and Dre and like that is that is an insane insane team right Iguodala and like that's an insane team right and. Houston not only hung with them, but really, if they've been healthy, they probably win that series. So my point being that, like, was it a failed experiment? No, no. I mean, like, you're confusing. Like, people are confusing. I mean, only one team can walk away with the title, and people are confusing kind of a random result with like a combination of what they did. Really, that Houston team, particularly with CP3, Harden, and Capella, was insanely good. And whenever they were healthy and playing together, they the, they beat the crap out of people, right? And they, you know, they just happened. Like, CB3's career is one of those things where, like, 
really a couple of like injuries, just like if one of those injuries doesn't happen, he walks away out of his career with at least one ring, right? Like either him getting hurt after the, at the end of the San Antonio series when they beat San Antonio, Blake getting hurt a couple times, him getting hurt like twice in his like if any of these injuries doesn't happen, one of them doesn't happen, they win a title, right? And we look at his career completely differently. But this isn't like to me, this is why like people are like, oh Blake Hart. Look, seriously, if you look at it from the point of objectively look at it from the point of view of success and what they achieved and how good the teams were, as opposed to like who actually walked away with the title at the end of the thing. You go, well, yes. It, it, would, you know, would the Knicks take Harden over the time he's been on the Rockets? Yes, 100%. He would be, he, the team would be better and they would actually play well. The, 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 you got to like, like – and, 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 and from every talk I've had with insiders, the players love Harden, right? Like it's the fans that hate him, but like everybody loves to – like Harden's the guy everybody loves to party with, right? Like – Partying and playing are two different things, but well, no, but, but you know what? Like part of the, like the problem, like it isn't, it isn't like it isn't like people are like people aren't running away from like people like like Westbrook isn't running away from hard. Westbrook is running away from Houston and the right. cheap ass owner, and he wants to like be like the league dog on his team, and like that makes sense. Like he, like the coach is gone, the yeah. the 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 play like the coach is gone, the player the players are gone. I mean, so yeah, I mean, of course he wants to win. And All right, Austin, let's. That, Let's talk draft. Mm-hmm. And I don't know which, uh, which so, you know, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen between now and, and next week because there could be trades that significantly change, you know, draft positions and who even has picks. They may just say we're going to forward to, you know, look forward to next year and take a player off someone's hands. So all that, you know, all that being said, assuming that nobody moves up or down, and that these are the set rankings. Um, who do you like as your number one overall? So Minnesota's I can, got the number one pick. I can I can make a prediction of what the the, the rumor right now is that uh, number one pick is going to be Lamelo Ball to the uh, the Timberwolves, right? Um, and that's kind of strongly sourced. Uh, I know people who know people, and that's kind of what everybody uh, is saying now. This has changed a bit. Uh, we can talk a little bit about some of the hot names. Uh, uh, like, oh, I do this. I'm, I'm opening draft nets to make sure I get everybody's names right. So, uh, <laughs> NBA draft net 2020. I'm, I'm, I am really, uh, I don't know about Lamelo, man. I really have doubts. Have you watched him? I've watched some, 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 some I've watched not a full game. I've watched just the, the highlights and the clips and things so, like that. So here, here, here's why you shouldn't have that. Like, so here's the thing about Lomelo. So if you watch his games, it's basically, so he's like his brother a bit, but, right? And the but is really important. Whereas Lonzo doesn't like going to the hole, Lomelo loves going to the hole. And he's actually really, like, imagine like taller Ricky Rubio is really yeah. kind of the way you have to think about it. He's taller Ricky Rubio, and he likes to bang. Like, so, like, if you watch him, like, you watch him in these Australian games, he's, like, he's, he's literally drawing into contact and, like, doing the spinner-rooney moves and, like, going at guys in the bucket. Like, he's really, he's really smooth around the rim, right? This is the key difference between him and, like, and like Lonzo. Lonzo still hasn't figured out how to, like, draw the contact and do the layups, whereas, like, Lomelo's, like, you just watch him be like, holy crap. 
right? Um, somebody like one of the so I, I mentioned this to you. The the guy, the guy everybody should follow for the draft stuff. Like who, he he is an insane person who watches more film than anybody. And every NBA insider I know knows this and follows him. Cosmos, right? Uh, Cosmos will literally just like just just go Lomelo from Cosmos or any name you can think of, and he will have an opinion. He will broken down film. He will watch every game. This is what he does. He basically just like watches the stuff, posts it on his Patreon, posts the stuff. He's very good. I'm I'm stunned he hasn't been hired by a team. He's that good. Uh, yeah. And everybody like knows it. I think part, partly, I think people don't want to hire him in a, in a way because everybody uses him as kind of as a free resource. If somebody hires him, then everybody loses him. But his point is that like um, he, like LaMelo Ball is the best dribbler we've seen, like the best under, like he made it very specific. Like he is the best dribbler under 6'7 that we've seen in 50 years, right? That's what he said. Like, notice that he said six seven. He said, like, I said, he said, I said six seven because I wanted to exclude Magic Johnson. So he's basically saying, like, he's the best second best dribbler we've seen outside. Like, he, he his dribbling on the open floor is really, really great. Uh, he's a great passer and he has really good court vision. He, when you watch him in these games, he does the same thing that his brother does, where like he reads the defense. Like, so he, he basically on the inbounds, he'll read what the play is. And he'll make cut. He'll do these cuts and steals where he's all, all he's doing is he's reading the play call and just like jumping the pass. And he'll do it like four or five times a game and just dunk the ball, right? And my 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 issue with him overall is that you know it's the NBL is not exactly it's a it's barely a top ten league. If you add the NBA and it's not a top ten league in the world. No, yeah. but like but like putting in are you can put you but, compare, but are you, you doing it against. What you want to what you want to look at is what's the competition like that they played against to do these things. If you're playing against like JV teams, it's then and and the, the one the, the other thing that really really just I don't again there are he definitely has intangibles. I take, do not take that away from him at all. The NBL the NBL is more talented or equally as talented as the Big Sky, right? The Big Sky or like the like the American Conference or like. So in essence, you gotta view him as his stuff is like he was playing. He's playing with like against like a senior, like a decent kind of not mid tier. Like basically, his stuff is being done against like the equivalent of like mid tier college teams, right? right. Not not ter- like the, he's not doing it against like shitty shitty college teams. He's right. doing it like against like a mid tier, like a like like, like, <laughs> like like yeah, he's doing it against Creighton. And from that point of view, if you watch, and I've watched a lot, of, I've actually watched a lot of his film. Um, the knocks on it, he is actually, like, if you look at him, like, whereas Lonzo was doing it, like, at the UCLA level, the difference is, to me, the things, like, so the, 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 the absolute floor Lamelo is he's going to be, like, a really good defender, and he's actually better at his brother getting to the hoop, right? So at worst, and, and here's the really critical part is I actually think Lamelo is more suited to play one to four. And if you uh, coach Nick, uh, B-Ball Breakdown is another like great follow for stuff. I've done stuff with him. He's great. He did a scouting video on him and he agrees. Both of, both of us saw the same thing, like independently. We were both like, yeah, we think you can play Lamelo at the four. So you can play him like one, two, three, four and like have him be like uh, kind of a guy, like similar to Ben Simmons, where like you're using him, he, you know, you know, he, but he, Simmons, but he's not as bad a shooter as Simmons is. And uh, yes, he, he shot has 25% from three. That's pretty bad. He, uh, but, but again, but, but again, nuance. The, the difference is he has two shooting motions. So he's actually, if you look at it, it his set motion is like his brother. But when yep. he's actually shooting in motion, so basically when he's driving the ball and just shooting in motion, his jump shot, it, it jumps, right? So 
it, it's actually like a weird thing where like like looking at the film, you go like, yeah, he can like it's it's he's definitely gonna fix it. It's the same thing that like his brother his brother did, and his brother actually like if you look at the numbers for his brother, they're actually progressed. So and people so people already have film on how to fix this. So like again, would he be the number one pick last year? No. Is he a guy who would have been top five last year? Yes. And is there significant upside for him? Yeah. I mean, like, he's the kind of guy that, like, you can definitely see. I mean, he's definitely hanging around a rotation. And at worst, he's going to be a guy who's going to be, like, a good defender who can pass the ball and and kind of, like, go to the hoop and get buckets. Like, he can definitely, if you watch him, he can definitely get buckets at the hoop. And he's not shy about, like, like contact. Whereas, like, Lonzo isn't as good a free throw shooter as he is. Right? That's, that's the key difference between the two of them. So that's the number one pick, right? Um, I do love this trend, by the way. I, I, didn't know, I didn't know how I'd feel about it. But uh, I like the trend of these kids leaving uh, to go play overseas and not play in college. Oh, God. I, like, you realize, you realize you're, you're singing my song, right? So I've been, I've been basically making this argument forever. I'm, like the, I, I'm, I'm so anti-NCAA that I've actually literally, like, prepared evidence for the, I actually helped prepare evidence for the Banner lawsuit, and I've helped prepare evidence for like I know one of my mentors is uh, Dave Barry, who's an economist, and he's actually like given it. He gave evidence at the Bannon case. He gave evidence at the um, the Northwestern students uh, lawsuit as well. In both those situations, I was actually helping and providing him information, helping provide information for the deposition. So <laughs> you're so much singing my song, but yeah, but yeah, the point. I love. I, I've said this for a while. Like you're better off if your kid is bi- bilingual or comfortable. You're better off kind of like going overseas and playing because it actually actually helps. And we will like there's a particular play we're going to talk about real soon that the draft Knicks love that's really sexy that is like we're going to definitely talk about. It. I mean I don't want to like spoil it, but like draft Knicks know draft Knicks know who I'm talking about. Um, uh, um so basically um so Lamelo is the number one. Uh, number two is Golden State, and right now it looks like they're saying they're going to draft James Wiseman. That is their yep. pick, but there's real there's real speculation they're going to trade that pick, right? So whether or not that happens, I don't know. I don't know that necessarily. I mean, Wiseman is kind of, you know, he's seven feet tall. He can do things. We don't know exactly what he is because he didn't play. My my rating system loves him. Um, And I think they could do really well with him. I don't know that. I mean, my, my take with him would be like, maybe he's a little bit redundant for them. Because they've got Looney, he's probably like a, he's a better version of Looney, right? And yep. that's not a bad thing. Looney's a good player, um, and he can have like some real upside. I don't know that it's necessarily the best pick for them for me. I actually like I would really kind of love Lamelo on that team because you take Lamelo and put him on the Golden State shooting coaches, then basically just because in essence, if if he's on Golden State, then the thing you're doing, and what I hear is like uh, Golden State doesn't really like Lamelo, but for me, he would be like an elite version of like Harrison Barnes. Is yep. and like if you think about that on that team, and if like if anybody can fix his jump shot, is that, and you take that guy and fix his jump shot. In the same way, like I kind of feel like the Warriors should also trade for um, the the Warriors should also trade for um, um, Ben Simmons. Um, mm-hmm. So like I, you know that's the player, and the other guy that you really kind of want is um, like so the next team is men- oh wait no so I've got Charlotte Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte looks like they're going to make a trade, maybe, which is that that Westbrook. But I think the guy they had that was being rumored is uh, um, Edwards. Uh, Edwards from Georgia, yeah. and um, I had an argument with uh, about uh, uh, Anthony Edwards. My numbers really are the he's the first guy on the that, that's basically on the pick that uh, my numbers don't work. 
So, um, really? um, so yeah, he's he's kind of neutral. I mean, uh, he's fine as a pick, but you're kind of drafting potential because he wasn't that great in college. There's another guy like that, which is the uh, Patrick Williams from FSU, and I was having a conversation, uh, a discussion around that. Um, but uh, like, well, like Cosmos again. He was saying that basically he wasn't good. In, he wasn't good at FSU, which is like my numbers didn't like Patrick Williams at FSU. But it's a function of because he's young and FSU used him as more of a defender than like so FSU didn't put the ball in his hands, right? right. So really, the numbers don't like him because he was on a good team that was using him more as kind of just like a seventh guy defender type. And you're really kind of drafting him for him being a defender and being really good as a as a college as a high school guy, right? Big example for this is uh, Joakim Noah, right? For example, as an example, Joakim Noah is on this loaded Florida team, um, and so my my model didn't rate him properly because he was on this loaded team, and like there's only one ball, it's like you know. Yep. So there's a bunch of guys on that team. I think uh, I think Horford was on that team too. So Horford, Joakim Noah, there's a couple other guys who were on that team. It was loaded, great team, and it's just you know, he gets kind of muted. That's happened to some of the Kentucky teams as well. And yep. in this case, Patrick Williams, in that case, it's a really good team that played really good ball and didn't really, it wasn't there to showcase. It, it wasn't really like a double-A team to showcase. So he's fine, just he's going to be somewhat underrated relative to like, like in terms of the production. Yep. So we start getting into like some of the more interesting names. So like the guy I was mentioning that like everybody's kind of like, like the sexy thing, right? Who depends on who you talk to, he's either he's been up as high as top three and then as low as, as in the 15. My system doesn't love this guy, but it, it's a Killian Hayes. Um, yep. Killian Hayes is uh, he's uh, the son, I believe that his dad is uh, he's an ex player who, uh, who played in France. And so, like, he basically, when his kid didn't go to college, he went to play to, for France, playing France for a junior. And people compare his game to James Harden, right? So, if you go look at film, he plays very much like James Harden. Like literally, his game is very much patterned on it. He's a big, you know, six six six. He's you know big. He can pass the ball. The the problem with him, he's not a great shooter yet. He's he's a, he's young. He's like I believe he's nineteen. He's not a great shooter. Uh, he was the MVP of the uh, under sixteen FIBA World Championship a couple years back. He's again he's he's one of those guys like the the the, uh, the mocks have him have him falling to the Knicks right now, right? Um, which would be kind of like really sexy. The problem with him, like, you don't know exactly what you're going to get with him, and you're going to have to work at him for a while. But he's not a guy who's you're not going to get a lot of him. Like he's hanging on your bench, but he's like, uh, like I've got, again, Cosmos. I mentioned him. He really loves him as like somebody like the Bulls could get, right? Yeah. Like in the fourth spot. Oh, Bulls can go out and get him. Um, there's a couple other guys. There's Denny Avija, who's the uh, Israeli kid. Uh, yep. Denny. Denny's kind of. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good comparison for him. Um, he's not a great dribbler, or he's not like a, a spot-up shooter. He's very much like a like a like a rigid shooter, and he can kind of drive. He can. I mean, he's actually like interesting when he kind of like drives on the floor a little bit. Um, I think he's just okay. He's like like again, so like in Cosmos said, he's whelmed by him. Like if, if the if the if the Bulls draft uh, uh, like Denny at four, I'll be whelmed. Right. Not underwhelmed, yeah. not over. I'll just be well, right? Yeah. Um, let's see. Other sexy names I like. I like, uh, like my model really likes, and I like Aaron Nesmith, who uh, was currently following San Antonio. Nesmith uh, is 6'6", and he's the best shooter in college, like by far the best shooter in college. Uh, the knock on him in my model is that, like, my model says, oh, he should pass the ball more. 
But really, I'm like looking at his film and going like, there's absolutely no reason this guy should ever pass the ball in college, right? He, mm-hmm. he was literally, he was, he was shooting 50 from three, right? Uh, he, he, just an insane shooter. Like, they're, they're, like if he, I would literally like find him every time he passed me. Just, <laughs> no, he, he was that good of a shooter. So like he's, um, imagine like he's like, uh, like he's got that Kawhi Danny Green body type, but he's like very thin at this point. Yeah. So like he's one of those guys like like it's definitely good. like he can already shoot like like gambusters. He's gonna like develop like his body. He's a decent defender too. So like he's very much a three and D guy. And I actually like in some of my mocks I had him like for my team because I like him as a guy I can I can just put in my rotation. And I'm gonna get like a lot of really good sh- really good shooting looks and really good defense. Like he'll be yep. great fit on a bunch of teams. Um, let's see other guys that I like. I'm a huge fan of. Uh, I'm trying to like. I'm trying to find his name real quick. Uh, God, the kid from Houston. It's this kid from Houston that I'm like. I, I'm like so happy that the that the. Uh, I, I put a call to the Celtics weird Celtics uh, witch doctor to like basically like start like like his weird Buddha ritual so we can get him on the team. Uh, Nate Hinton, uh, six eight. Nate Hinton. Uh, if you go look at him, he's basically like, like there's this great thing. It's just him just bullying people. He's like six. He's like basically like Marcus Smart is what he yep. is. Uh, he's very rough. He's a 20-year-old kid from Houston. The Celtics have already scouted him. Like the, the Celtics are basically already talking to him. Uh, second rounder that I really love. Uh, just very tough. There's a couple other guys. I mean, like there's a couple other names in there. But like the, the, th- the thing about this draft is there's a lot of there's a lot of guys who would be great to be your like four to seven guy on a good team. Right. Yeah, well, no, and, and the I think what's crazy about this draft is that. Some of these college players, you know, have they grown? Have they their shot gotten better? Like it's been forever since they played last. So the sample size of what you had is like it's like they have an entire extended off season to lift, to get you know, to work on their skills, to to grow. I mean, it's it's going to be. I, I I would hate to be a GM going through this because you don't know what you're going to get with some of these guys. Oh, I should mention. I should mention my top. My the, my model has this top two. They have Devin Vassell, Florida State. Remember, how I mentioned that the Patrick Williams was part of that because he's on that Florida State team. We had a bunch of good guys. Devin Vassell's a Florida State guy. Uh, my model has him very highly rated, uh, young and very productive. Uh, Nineteen. Uh, let's see. Uh, I have another name is Tyrese Halliburton. I also already mentioned Weissman. Nesmith, I already mentioned Bernard and Carey. Um, there's an argument about Bernard and Carey. Somebody was like saying, oh, like, oh, some of the models don't like him. Uh, he's a du- like the thing with Bernard and Carey is he's tall and he does things, and he's a decent defender. And you know, he's a 6'10 power forward guy who can do things. And you're getting him in the what the 18 19 range, so it's you yep. know, perfectly fine for that. You're, like, like, if you're paying more for him, then no, but like at that range, you're like, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm in on it. I already mentioned what? Hinton. What does your model say about RJ Hampton? Oh, so Hampton, uh, oh, actually, where did he play? I've got him as a draft, but not a strong New draft. Zealand. New Zealand yeah, breakers. I've got him, as a, I've got him as, a, as a draft, but not a strong draft. 6'4", uh, a little light on the way. He's young, right? So he's a little bit um, he's a little bit on that Dante Exum, Dante Exum spectrum where, like, I don't have a lot of data on him. Uh, I would, I would definitely, like, He's fine in that he's in the 24, 25 range. I'm fine with that. Um, the thing is, like, if I'm like if I'm, if I'm a GM and I'm like, so let's say I have the 24 pick, and I can have either Nate Hinton or or RJ Hampton. I'm picking Nate Hinton, 
right? That's, right. That's, that's who I am, right? And I think kind of like the trick with the draft is like you should – if you, the picks you make in the first round, you basically control their salary for seven years, right? Yep. So you, you have team control for them for seven years. Anybody you draft in the second round, if they're good – then you basically are going to lose them because they're, somebody's going to sign them. So what you want to do is, like, the, the best picks in the draft are actually picks, like, 26 to 30. Because in that range, you can get somebody on their salary control. Like, if you can get a starter in that range, your, 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 your cap gain is set because you have a bunch of cap space you just created because you're going to be paying, like, $5 million for a starter, right? So right. if you can get somebody who's good, you can really kind of – this is like when – like this is like in the, in, in the NFL when, like, they drafted – Brady or like Russell Wilson. You can get somebody like good cheap that lets you kind of like spend the money elsewhere, which is kind of a cheap code. Um, yeah. Anybody else you want to know about? What is your take on, you said you liked Halliburton. Mm-hmm. I really, I was, I, I read about uh, Denny and his father played professionally. Yeah, Kerry. And they said that he plays with like a uh, chip on his shoulder. I like that. I would, I mean, I don't know how his game's going to translate, but I, I like I like players who are a little more fiery like that. And that doesn't mean they do dumb things when they're upset. It just means that they, they're they competitors, you know, and, and when you're some of these teams like my Pistons, um, they're not going to win. I mean, I, I don't care what they, they're saying. We're not going to rebuild. This is a retooling and blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's, it's going to be what it is, um, which is going to be not making the playoffs, um, you know, at best. So, I like someone like that. Um, what about uh, Okongwu? What's your? Where do you see him going? I, I've seen projections. I've seen uh, uh, projections of him going to the Cavaliers, who already have Drummond, and you know he's going to opt in. So <laughs> you have a pissed off Drummond sitting on your bench playing second uh, fiddle to a rookie. Okongwu. Um, yeah. Uh, actually, give me a second. I'm, I'm trying to make sure. I like. I'm trying to like. I'm getting the scouting real quick on him. Like, so right now my model likes likes him. Yeah. Uh, he is a definitely I basically so to give an example I'd, I'd have him over uh, Otapin or Anthony Edwards basically yep. um, again I think as you, we were saying is like when you're drafting a kid like that um, you know like what, my scouting contact loves him and he's surprised that like uh, that Golden State he likes him better than uh, than Weissman um, hmm. I don't know like my model doesn't like him better than Weissman other than like he played more. So, like, he does say that, like, Okongwu is basically a more skilled... He is a shorter version of... We- shorter, more skilled version of Weissman. So, Weissman's probably, like, taller and strong. Weissman is taller, stronger, and has probably, like, more potential. But Okongwu is the more finished and skilled player now, right? So, yep. if you need a guy... I'm trying to think of a good comparison. So, I mean, the trick is, like, do you think he can be like Jason Tatum? Right, um, I don't know that that's his upside. So, like, basically, what is my secondary kind of like take on? Him? Is he going to be like a Julius Randle type? So, I mean, he's he's a he. he I mean, the, the trick on this is right. He's very good offensively. He's very good defensively. Right. It's just like, what are you dra- like? Are you drafting him to be? I'm trying to think of a good kind of comparison in that range in terms of like. You know, six nine defensive offensive. I mean, Tatum's your yeah, Tatum's your the Tatum's your comparison, right? Yep. So like in essence, would you would you spend would you spend the second pick on the draft for a B version of Tatum? And I, my answer would be yeah, right. Yep. 
with the possible upside of being him being like a version of Tatum, then yeah, my answer is yes. Right. My answer yeah. is I just talk I just talked myself into yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I can see why I can see why I can see why he's saying like, yeah, that, that's a guy that they should draft. Like if you're Golden State, then yeah, you should probably do that. Again, the trick with the Golden State is I think Golden State isn't really in it. Golden State is really in it to trade it. Right. They're they're right. looking to I don't think they ultimately draft Wiseman, but I could be proven wrong. I mean, I think they they, they they get no offers, but I think I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to see if they can kind of like obviously they're gonna start as if they can get like Giannis or something. Uh, do some weird trade. I don't know exactly how they work it out, but they're they're gonna try somehow. Like I, I keep saying, that, like if somebody kind of bails them out of that Wiggins contract, then like the league deserves what they get. Right? right. That is a horrendous contract that nobody should bail them out of. But yeah, um, uh, Onyek Okongwu is kind of kind of an interesting kind of an interesting player. And the, the thing about it is, one of those guys like it reminds me a little bit of uh, God. What's the name? The guy on um, the guy on the guy on Orlando. What's his name? Uh, He's a big Trump guy. He's the biggest Trump guy in the league. Actually, second biggest Trump guy in the league. Uh, I forget his name. Uh, the guy Magic who was, player? yeah, Magic player. The guy who like injures his leg. He, he made this like weird comment and he like his leg. He got his knee blew out the next day. Uh, Magic Magic Rasta. I forget his name. People get mad at me. I was like big fan of him. Uh, Jonathan Isaac reminds me a little bit. Isaac, of Jonathan yeah, yeah, Isaac. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of Jonathan Isaac in this spot. I love Jonathan Isaac coming out of the draft. Uh, he's a little bit shorter than him. Uh, I would say he's probably and again the, the the comps I'm thinking of is like Isaac Tatum. He's probably a, he's a better office player than than the Jonathan Isaac, but it's the same kind of deal where like you're getting a guy who can kind of defend at that spot. So yeah, no, I definitely you know I I mean I he's gonna like I'm trying to like figure out where he's gonna wind up right now. Life is a little looking like so. I've got a Kunga going to Chicago. Oh God, Chicago. Poor guy. Be interesting I mean, the option, the options for him are like he's either going to wind up in like right now it's Cleveland. Chicago. <laughs> I mean he's not going to be available for you guys. Uh, I mean if I was Detroit and I'm at seven, I might just take a shot at Killian Hayes. That that's yeah. that's like if you're if you're Detroit, I'm like I'm trying to move Blake and I'm, I'm I might take a shot at Killian Hayes at seven. Like yeah. and if I I mean if 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 Akongo was available, you basically take Akongo. Right. Uh, but like and. I, the, I think the worst case for Detroit would be to take Denny because, I mean, remember what I said about being whelmed? He's not yep. the guy. He's, 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 he's not the guy or the guy next to the guy. He's, he's maybe the guy next to the guy next to the guy. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. He's like, 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 so point of comparison, could it be Jalen Brown? No, I don't think, I, I don't think he's as good as Jalen Brown. Right. So, and, and again, Jalen Brown is actually really good. like Jalen Brown's going to be a, a really good kind of third guy who does things occasionally, like raises the game, play defense, does things. Like, I don't know if Denny's quite there yet. Right. Again, that's the. This is as soon as you said that, the first thing that popped into my head was, "I am your father's father's brother's nephew's yes. cousin's former roommate." So what does that make us? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, no, it's 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 one. Of, it's really kind of a strange thing where I'm like kind of looking at you like, ah. but yeah, I mean, once there's a bunch of like uh, once you get out of like the top seven, there's a bunch of guy like nice guys who are like good. There's a bunch of like really good three and D guys to fill out your roster, but there isn't like the like the the later on stars like Killian Hayes maybe um, is is a guy who I could say like being a late star, but I think that I don't think Killian Hayes is going to be available like in a ten pick. 
And I think like I think Detroit might be the latest. Detroit is the latest that Killian Hayes should get in this draft. Really. Yep. Um, and I don't think he's gonna get. I mean, like I think I'm kind of looking at this like they, I'm looking at this box like I'm. It's like one Minnesota. Let's assume like nobody trades. Minnesota picks Lamelo. Golden State picks Wiseman. Charlotte. Uh, Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean or Charlotte. Mello. I mean, like, I mean, no. I'm assuming. I'm assuming Melo's going number one there. I'm assuming. Yeah, I think probably Edwards. And then Chicago is probably picking a call. Wow. I think if that happens, and the Chicago people are going to hate me, but they're probably going to pick. They're picking Denny in that situation. And then I think Okongwu is probably going. Well, you say Cleveland's not going to take him. We're going to take. Are you going to take over Topin? Uh, man, Cleveland might. Cleveland might take Killian Hayes. Uh, and then, like, it's interesting because then, like, then both Atlanta and, like, Detroit, like, I think Detroit then actually gets a really nice pick because I, I think I'm just looking at this and, like, yeah. there's so many variables. It's like, we, you know, it feels like, who it feels could like fall to, it yeah. feels like Cleveland is taking a guard, no? I mean, like, why would, unless they're, I mean, unless they move love before the draft, I mean, why would you take over? Like, yeah, they, they've already got yeah. a bunch of money, like, tied up to big. So, yeah, they would probably, Killian Hayes kind of really does make sense for Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, ooh, that is oh oh no, poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> Cursed. Um, yeah, that is. It's, it's going to be a weird draft. Um, well, let's let's regroup when it's all over. Arturo, thanks for coming on again. As always, informative, insightful, and obviously funny. Thanks for coming on, man. Nice to be here, man. And let's this see. If I can, to, let's see if I can pause it and.